are listening to the Salty Witches podcast. It's Mike and Austin back here at it again. Sorry, we've we've been a little bit late on the episode. Uh, we we've had some stuff that we've had to to deal with, and so we're getting around to it. We're still getting this episode out within a week time frame, though, so that's a good thing. Um, yeah, it's been it's been stressful. We hope everyone else has been having a good time in your life. Yes, hopefully the hopefully recent days have been easier for. The rest of you. Yes. Yeah, it's just, um, yeah. That's it, that's okay. That's enough of our worries. It is the beginning of the month of Pride. Yes. It's happy Pride, Pride everybody. Happy Pride. If you are a part of the LGBTQ plus spectrum, the alphabet mafia, um, or just an ally, then you know, thank you know, thanks for for being an ally. You know, uh, again, and happy Pride month. And if you're not an ally, then go fuck yourself. But why are you listening to this podcast? That's true. We could not be gayer on this podcast. Right? It's um, I think the straightest person we've had on this podcast is Vlad. I was just, I think that's the only straight person we've had on this podcast. Well, Mar- Tabitha, Wendy. Tabitha. Three. Wendy. We've had three straight people on Isn't this podcast. is Lauren also straight? No, I don't think so. I think Lauren would be... I don't know. That's okay. Either way. Anyway. <clears throat> um, yes, I don't know. Hmm. That's okay. Um, what are we talking about tonight? So, oh, really quickly. I'm so sorry. Yes. Uh, again, we apologize for the delay. This podcast is uh, a little bit late. I just wanted to get a little apology in there, too. Jeez. Okay. What are we talking about tonight? So, we had a listener come through with something that they'd be interested in learning and hearing about. And that is um, shape shifting or yeah, shape shifting, uh, skin yeah. leaping, as some traditions would call it. Um, and I mean that's that's not necessarily a full podcast episode worthy. No, but we're going to talk we're about gonna it. We're going to talk about it, and then we're just going to kind of ramble off on that and, and and some other things. So, okay, so let's talk about skin leaping from. Uh, well, let's take the the concept of like shape shifting. You know, these things. Let's take it kind of back to the, back to the roots, right? So we understand, of course, that these are or this is a concept that is is first going to have been rooted in the. Um, most likely the, the animistic and folk practices of, of probably most likely like indigenous communities, right? Um, and and I think you'll actually find a concept like this in pretty much every kind of culture, like every culture, every kind of alternative spiritual tradition out there really has something like this. Um, but I think that if we, we look at the idea, you know, if we look at the lore around these things, we, we understand that, that the concept of shape-shifting like this really isn't about like like physical shape-shifting right this is not about like i did a ritual i did the thing and then i like literally physically bodily i turned into a wolf like that's that's not gonna happen that's that's not how this works yeah um you know uh you know that's 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 science fiction fantasy um, so Austin, what what is how would you identify or how would you explain something like shape shifting from like a like a purely like this is a like a spiritual kind of a phenomenon or thing? In a very, very watered down way so that everyone can kind of comprehend it, is Oh, geez, are you are you demeaning the intelligence of our listeners? No. No, I'm just saying that it, it, it is a very convoluted kind of ideal because each tradition is going to have a slightly different take on it. That's true. Right? Yeah. You know, and so, but but the entire, like, the common threads through all of it is that you are perceiving things and doing things that you, a human, wouldn't normally do. 
So it's almost like a form of almost like ritualistic trance work or possession of some kind, along with okay. some sort of astral projection involved as well. Okay. So you're taking on through whatever process you're taking on and you are embodying the animistic spirit of something. Yes. And it, and it could be anything, right? Like, I mean, it could be any kind of creature. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, even sometimes animals that we don't even, you know, like we don't recognize, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, okay. So what would be the purpose of this? Like, why would, again, kind of with kind of that, that more more general kind of a scope or perspective, why why would this be something that would be inherent in certain certain traditions or practices? For fun. For uh, fun? No. Oh, hey, why not, right? Yeah, why not for um, fun? It's for, it's for spiritual development, growth, and to, normally you would do it to seek answers. Okay. It, it would be the embodiment of that specific totemic energy. Um, going back to your wolf analogy mm. um, you would be embodying those qualities that we see within wolves uh, fierce hunters uh, they're pack oriented mm -hmm. you know and so we would see that the utilization of that kind of shape shifting would be used t t for a hunt you know mm -hmm. you'd usually do something like that to to get to the end of something Okay. There, there is a goal. There is a purpose. Okay. And it can be anything from hunting to spying on the enemy to um, gaining knowledge of other realms. Okay. Well, we know, like, so, so again, I mean, just, you know, for, uh, for instance, for, you know, to, to maybe clear, define a couple of specific uses for this in spiritual practice, right? We know that in particular indigenous traditions, Right, um, that it was very common for the you know the healer, the the medicine person, you know what, whatever the specific title would be for that person within their their particular tribe, their language, their 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 culture. Right, we know that um, it was common for people who did this work actually to utilize a process of trance work to actually sometimes become or assume animalistic forms, with the idea that that, that would allow them to kind of travel into, I guess in the in the context of witchcraft, I could really only identify it as something to say like like the other world. Mm. Or again, kind of something that would be kind of like the astral realm, and it would be sabbatic. What sabbatic? Sabbatic. Yeah. As as in and of the Sabbath. What are yeah. we talking about? Mm -hmm. What? Yeah. What are you talking about? What does that have to do with with astral projection or the other world? You're still traveling into the other world. Okay. Well, I'm gonna say that that's got to be like a, a more like maybe like a Eurocentric context for for that because I'm not I'm not getting that personally. That's okay. Um, anyway, my point was and what I was going about is that um, the idea was that in assuming that form and then traveling um, in that way, uh, particularly in assuming the form of an animal that would be inclined maybe to be as you know you mentioned like like a hunter or something that was better able to see or detect things like that would enable you. Uh, again, particularly in the context of being a healer, that would enable you then to be able to um, track down and more clearly identify the spiritual cause for the illness in your, your patient, mm -hmm. right? And then also in that form, potentially you would be in a position to do battle with that evil spirit or that energy to enact healing in your patient, the person that you're working on in, in a very physical real world sense, right? Because we understand that that spiritual realm and our physical realm, they do overlap, mm -hmm. right? So we see that, um, but we also see something like this in our own tradition, in Mediterranean traditions, Austin. We have stories about the, uh, the witches travels to the Benevento, 
right? Where it was very common through trance work and other kinds of things. You mentioned, of course, the use of entheogenic herbs mm-hmm. and things, right, to help uh, elicit altered states of consciousness, to assume the form of, uh, you know, like rabbits. Rabbits were really common. Um, you know, different types of birds, right? Flight mm-hmm. is always a big thing with this this kind of a phenomenon, right? Um, serpents. Serpents, right? No, I'm many. There, there are many. Deer. Right, deer. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. So, I, but in doing Toads. that, the idea was that this would then allow those witches to travel in some other uh, form of consciousness to a particular meeting place where other types of magical work would then kind of kind of you know transpire right um and they would do lots of things in that it wasn't just about communing with the goddess or checking in with other members of say your coven or your tradition um there were also there are also stories of how people would do battle yeah in the astral realm this old idea of like maybe like feuding feuding uh you know uh, traditions or or you know witches that have you know have personal enemies right like they would they would in that form they would they would do battle Mm -hmm. um and on often again in animalistic form so uh so again those are just two examples but again i think this is a phenomenon that we see in really every culture yes um in some sense um how would how would you suggest to our listeners if they were curious about trying to incorporate something like this into their own practice how would you recommend that they go about doing that you need to have your you need to have the ability to enter into a trance like state down you you can't just put on some binaural beats smoke a blunt and then go for it like there is a purpose you have to have a clear defined purpose on what you're going to do and just doing it for the sake of doing it without a teacher without having someone there to make sure that you're not potentially doing something that could put you in harm's way or anyone else in harm's way Mm -hmm. is very important um i i'm i'm very much of the belief that we have our spirits that are constantly surrounding us and protecting us and guiding us i very much do believe that and but when you're working with stuff like this and you're pulling in on that animistic tie of the wolf or the spider or the hare, you're a human. You don't necessarily comprehend those things. And the first, I remember the first time that I was led through shapeshifting, um, I embodied a cat. Okay. Um, it was one of the sacred totemic energies of the coven I was working with and my teacher. And I was so overwhelmed by all the smells and the sounds that I was perceiving mm-hmm. that it was it was panic inducing because I'm a human. I'm not used to that. Yeah, that, 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 that to me makes sense. That would be a good example of why it would be nice to have someone kind of mentoring you or guiding mm-hmm. you through that. You mentioned earlier on in talking about this. um, this idea that uh, though we understand through particular practice that we are able to kind of do this, right? We can project some aspect of ourselves in, in a more animalistic way, but that there are also traditions that actually do focus on some process of almost like, like possession Yeah, where you're like, like I'm, I'm summoning, I'm calling to the spirit of this particular animal. And I, you know, and I'm asking the spirit now to take me, and you know, and uh, yeah, you know, and that—that's also com- something that's seen in this practice. What um, in facilitating this work, regardless of, of you know whether you were doing it 
through calling a spirit in or actually just developing skills to project some aspect of yourself um would you find that it would be good to use like like fetish items like yes like if you were going to be focusing on uh turning into a particular animal would it maybe be good to have say like a like a bone mm-hmm. from that animal or a feather or you know whatever whatever yes. it would be right yes because it's going to hold the energy of that spirit regardless Mm-hmm. Now you want those items to have been ethically obtained, right? Yes, of like course. obviously, if you're go out, you go out and you kill an animal, you know, and then you're trying to use a bone from that animal that you've killed, uh, you know, to then, you know, connect that energy for your own spiritual work. It's it's likely maybe maybe that animal's not going to want to help you. Well, it's likely right? that that animal's not going to help you, but there are certain practices and certain indigenous practices specifically that do that that will actually go out but there's a ceremony around it exactly it's, yeah it's, it's yeah, just yeah. like it's just like with fucking white sage you just don't light it up and go for it there I is a ritualistic would, ceremonial I would never aspect. fuck white sage ever there is a ritualistic ceremonial process that has to be done if you're going to go about it that way and it should be that way if you're not going to go about it that way anyway you need to have a ritualistic ceremonial process around it because this is not something that's just like, oh, I think tonight I want to be a snake. Because mm-hmm. at that point, all you're doing is you're astral projecting in an astral realm and you're there on the astral realm. What, what the difference s- between the astral projection in the astral realm versus projecting here in the real world is that we can affect things in the real world a little bit more easier. We're going to perceive things in a more realistic tangible mm-hmm. experience whereas gotcha. in the astral okay. realm if you're in the astral realm and you're an experienced astral traveler you can transform into a snake cat dragon bug fly tree mm-hmm. Groot oh yeah yeah so um, so okay in, so in talking about these things you know and, and touching back upon what I said a moment ago about needing to be you know like if you were to use a fetish item a physical item a, a you know, I guess as witches we could refer to as maybe like a tag lock of, of mm-hmm. like a particular animal to connect to the spirit of that animal, right? Um, and, and kind of following that same theme, right? Uh, I guess specifically what I'm getting at is like like the like the like the the caveats, like the bewares, yes, right? Like so, in in trying to, to do something like this, okay, and incorporating something like this in your practice, you already kind of mentioned this. You already mentioned that in doing that, you could find yourself really feeling, I think, really fully disconnected from your human body. And fully stepping into the awareness and the senses of some of these animalistic spirits, right? Mm-hmm. And and as you mentioned, like you, you may not be prepared for that. Oh yeah, you know. Um, but I I also know based on personal experience and interactions I've had with other people that um, this kind of work can be something that can have a few other challenges, particularly when you come back from that experience, oh, yeah. right? Like your 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 body can hurt. Right, your yeah. I mean, like I, I mean, there, there are a lot of things, and I'm not saying these are always going to happen, and that everybody has these kinds of things, but, but you, you do have to understand that you're taking some component of your being, completely altering or changing it in aspect, and then when that comes back to you, it will, in some sense, be different. Yes. Right. At least temporarily. Yeah. Right. And so, well, it's almost like those things will like carry over. Yeah. Into the real world. So you know. For a f- couple days after I had had that first shape-shifting experience, everything was really heightened. And much like a cat, I was skittish. You know, I was very aware of my surroundings. Um, 
this is going to sound really, really weird, but like mm-hmm. my diet even changed for the next couple days. Oh, were you eating kibble? No. Okay, that's enough. Um, hopefully we don't get sued. Um, but well, we didn't finish the song, so I think we'll be okay. But I, I was like, I was craving like fish. Like I wanted fish. I wanted poultry. I've always been a big chicken person. I love chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted these things. And it was like an insatiable crave. Um, I was also extremely tired. But normally, and you know me, like I like it dark in the room when I want to sleep. But I wanted to like sunbathe. Like I, I wanted to be like, like, be like out of the sun. Yeah, like belly up. Yes. Look in your paw. Yeah. And 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 those things did cross over. I knew someone in in my old coven um, who embodied a serpent. Mm-hmm. And. And when he came back, he had no arms or legs. I'm no, but when he came back, he was extremely sensitive to cold temperatures. And this was an individual who ran hot all the time. Like, this is the type of person, it's like you or me, where you're in the car and everything's fogging up because, like, all the heat coming off of you. He, he was sensitive. Like, we had him wrapped in, like, three blankets and like a heating pad and we cranked the heat up and he was sitting right next to the fire his, were you outside in the middle of january what was going on no he was just okay. cold it was winter but it was it was like he started to be super sensitive to those things as well oh, all right okay so what about this 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 is admittedly and we we talk we have to talk about this we have to have this conversation when we talk about things like this because this is another one of these practices that pops up that I think because there's been so much um, uh, pop culturalization mm-hmm. around this uh, fantasy kind of you know fan you know fanfic kind of energy around this as a phenomena as a practice and um, we understand though because of, of of that I think is a big component um, that already sets people up to have confusion and to not really know mm-hmm. necessarily what this is or the purpose that it serves. Well, um, and, and expectations, quite honestly. Exactly. Well, and expectations. But where I'm going with this is we we have to be really careful. This is another one of these practices that we see within kind of the umbrella of we'll just say alternative spiritual paths, right? Mm-hmm. Um, things that are alternative to you know say Abrahamic faith, right? Um, where um, it would be very easy for someone that was dealing with something like, you know, disassociative identity disorder, uh, re- really like a lot of other kinds of, of, of mental illness and mental health issues. It would be very easy for someone who was struggling with some of that to get caught up in, in a practice like this um, to the extent that it could be harmful. Right. Um, and, you know, and, and you, you have to be so careful in that. That is unfortunately, that is one of, I think, one of the additional challenges for people who have those those additional kinds of, of, of mental health concerns is um, you, you've got to be particularly careful. Any 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 work where you're going to be taking a component of yourself and trying to alter it at an energetic level or spiritual level in some sense, you, you've got to be so careful about yes. that. Right. So um, would you recommend something like this for people that were, were maybe, I, I should say, not maybe not as in control of something like that as maybe they should be? No. Okay. I would not. And the biggest reason being is you can get lost. Yeah. There are certain things on a spiritual and magical level that when someone who has those types of disabilities or those types of illnesses, um, when they venture into that realm... It's almost like 
that's the one thing that pushes that pushes them over the edge mm. and mm-hmm. some of them with proper help medication therapy and yes even spiritual work can kind of come back from the brink yeah well and i guess that was that was one of the things that came to mind when i was sitting and i was thinking about this question that came through from one of our listeners and, and thank you listener for, for suggesting this because i think this is this is a fascinating topic and um and you have no name you are so listener. you are a listener well you know i'm trying to you know respect people's privacy they will know who they are um anyway but um but when i when i have conversation uh, or uh, uh suggestions like this topics like this come up or suggested to us you know i always kind of run it through that mental filter of okay we're really kind of getting into that territory now with concepts like shape-shifting uh timeline resets uh, what, what's the other one they call it? Reality shifting? Yes. What do they call it? Where you've got people that are saying, like, with the use of magic and ritual, that they can, like, project themselves into their anime, their favorite anime universe. Oh, my God. I've heard, I've heard some really bizarre ones. Um, and, you know, and so I, you know, and in each of those situations, you know, I, I think we, we really, we have to kind of look very carefully at that. Not only that, the process, but the person. You know, like, if you're someone who has a history of, you know, schizophrenic, you know, behavior or someone who has some sort of issue that would cause you to disassociate from reality, you you really, like, these are probably not practices for you. Beyond that, I just want to go on record right now and say that timeline shift or timeline resets and reality shifting is bullshit. <sighs> Lightworkers. Lightworkers. Anything to spiritually bypass, I swear to God. Anyway. I'm tired of being here. I'm going to shift reality into mm-hmm. Harry Potter. If world. I just sit here and I repeat this mantra five million times, I will be transported back fifteen years to this moment where I said yes to something. This time I'm gonna say no. And now my whole life will be completely different. Right? And I'm like, Yeah, nothing works like that. Nothing works like that. Yeah, I would love it if something like that could work. Oh my god, you think I, I would? I would be taking advantage of that. I'd be going back and doing a few things differently. Oh yeah, right. You know, if this shit existed, yeah, you know, but it doesn't. And if you're working toward that, I, I want to say you're 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 unfortunately you're probably wasting your time. Um, so, what other tips or or maybe relevant information would we maybe have on the topic of shape shifting? A lot of the information you're going to find out there is going to be rooted in indigenous spirituality and practices. And all I can tell you... To be clear, though, I mean, I want want to clarify that because we talk so much about the indigenous community and we talk about indigenous practices and we need to be so respectful of those. Yes. You know, we need to be very careful of those. You know, we don't want to do anything or ever encourage anybody to to tread into something that they they really, I just want to say, frankly, they just don't have any right to. Uh, But but in using that term, I do want to make it very clear that indigenous is something that in our area of the world, we very often seem to think of like, oh, like we're talking about like like Native American or that that Mm -hmm. kind of indigenous. There are indigenous people all All over over the world. Yeah. Right, and so so every culture, yeah. every every area of the world will have in, its indigenous people. Yes. Right. So um, so I just wanted to get that out there before yes. you continue. So a lot of that you will find is connected to indigenous practices, and all I can say is you don't get to utilize those practices if you are not indigenous. Mm-hmm. Respect them, you know. If if you are invited by an elder, cool, but make sure this person is an, is an actual elder and not someone who's claiming to be an elder so very good advice very good advice and and how can you check if they're an elder simple they probably won't call themselves an elder 
yeah, that that I find more and more actually kind of like holds true for a lot of people. Like I I always kind of like look you know kind of like, like I always kind of give the side eye to somebody even like I'm not talking like an indigenous person I'm talking just like anybody yeah. in the pagan community like and, and getting to know them and like very early on they drop that well I'm an elder in the community like I'm always kind of like mm, but are you though elder doesn't just mean old like yeah like I, I can see based on your age you, yeah you've been around a minute and yeah you've probably learned a thing or two but that doesn't necessarily mean you've stepped into the role of being an elder yeah when's the last time you taught when's the last time you led ceremony when's the last time you checked someone when was the last time you were in service to yep. anyone else within the community yep. that you're claiming to be an elder of? Again, remember that the title of elder, priest, priestess, whatever, that is not a title of hierarchical standing. Though it, though it is, it is a title of service. Mm-hmm. When you are an elder, when you are a priest or you are a priestess of XYZ, that means you're in service to XYZ. Yeah. They are not in service to you. That's very true. Yep. As elders, so, we are you 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 are meant to be elders in any community, um, are meant to be the uh, the foundation. Yes. Of that community, which means you're you're ta- you're talking about hierarchy as an elder. You're not at the top of the ladder. You're the bottom rung. Mm-hmm. And you should be given respect, absolutely, if you've really earned that, because nothing exists without good foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I that's that's an issue I see a lot. People are like oh, I'm. You know, I'm the big wig. I'm, you know, I'm the I'm the top dog here, and it's like, bah, no, you're so, not. So prefaced, you know, make sure you're respectful of indigenous practices. Yes. If you want to do more with it, then what you need to first get down is your extrasensory, just extrasensory stuff. You need to make sure that you're capable of. Being familiar with your surroundings, even when your eyes are closed, you have to mm-hmm. be able to know. If I if if I tell you what's the texture of an orange, mm-hmm. you have to be able to almost bring that up to your mind. Now, yep. for those of you who have aphantasia, this is going to be really hard. If you have aphantasia, it's probably going to be really hard for you to shape, like do a shape shift, real hard because mm-hmm. it's a lot of visualization. But even then, going back to because we talked about this on our last episode, mm-hmm. we talked about. People addressing or dealing with Fantasia, uh, excuse me, Aphantasia, um, doing this or or, or uh, not not this, but other kinds of work, right? Really, any kind of spiritual yeah. work, right? And how uh, it can be so much uh, so much better for them to actually kind of take it to the physical body. Yeah, you know, I mean, I could see, you know, if you were someone that was maybe uh, having a moment or where it was difficult to do this, like get down on your hands and knees. Yeah, like crawl on all fours. You know, like well, like, and that's like something do things. that without breaking oaths. Um, that is a common practice that you will find um, when you are doing a ceremony around shape-shifting mm-hmm. f- in certain traditions. You will find getting down and invoking, you know, let's say you've evoked the spirit of the wolf, everyone getting getting down and getting to that, usually through trance, incantation, sound, smell, taste, touch, mm-hmm. yeah. and howling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is ecstatic. This is not necessarily something that you do ascetically. You 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 can do it in a nice, quiet, calm, cool. I was gonna say I've I've done this kind of work ascetically. Well, if you're doing it on your own, yes. But if yeah, you're doing okay, it in a group, okay, okay. it's ecstatic. Oh well, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I think it's it's very difficult to do in a group setting. I think it's it, it's it's I won't say it's very difficult, but it is much harder to do anything from an ascetic approach when you're working with a group yes. of people. Um, and even even if you're doing this solo, 
you're going to find it's going to be much easier ecstatically the first time. Mm. Okay. And probably the first few times until you get that feeling, that ebb, that flow, that current of energy down. Okay. When you can finally get the feel of like, oh, okay, I know where I'm at. Mm. I know how to get to that trance-like state. Then you can go a little bit further within and become a little bit more ascetic. We talked really briefly, or I mentioned them very briefly earlier in the in the episode. We talked about the utilization of entheogenic herbs. Yes. Okay. And just to be very clear, we are not advocating drug use. Okay. Uh, but in discussing this, okay, and just you know, just for the sake of you know, just discussion and and putting it out there, um, I've I've had interactions with people over the years that have told me like, like people who I I know for whatever reason maybe they had aphantasia I don't know right because mm-hmm. aphantasia is, uh, I think, uh, as it is commonly understood, is a relatively new kind of a thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's something that's been around forever, right? But but we really kind of just understand or recognize it now, yeah. um, you know, in these practices. Um, but, you know, but I, I've had interactions with people who I know for whatever reason and through conversation I've had with them, and they're like, I, I can't meditate. I haven't been able to astral project. I really want to do these things. I don't know how, you know, and then they find, you know, they're, they're able to connect to, you know, some sort of plant that is able to kind of help take them out of themselves, right? Um, and kind of temper, at least temporarily, kind of shift or alter their perception a bit. Um, and they they they've been able to successfully do these things. Yeah. Um, and I think you'll you'll see with some of the um, older practices around this, like the the use of these plants, spirits, like entheogenic herbs, like this that was common. Yeah. This was a common thing. Um, so for those of you who have aphantasia or find that you're struggling. Um, just something to think about. Um, don't don't do anything overly illegal and don't get in trouble. I'm gonna do. Um, I'm gonna do. And uh, don't and don't don't poison yourself. I'm gonna do a promo for someone we've had on the podcast, Kobe Michael. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Poisoner's Apothecary actually has a salve called Skin Leaper Salve, mm-hmm. and it works really really well. I've never had any adverse reactions to any of Kobe's things. Co- Kobe knows his stuff. Kobe is very well versed, very well knowledgeable. And takes time and care mm-hmm. on formulating their herbal components and their herbal salves. Does does, does Kobe go by they them pronouns? I, I just default to pro. Okay, to I, yeah. I, well, I just I just wanted to check because I said he a moment ago, and I just want to make sure I'm um, mindful of that. But but Kobe does really good stuff. So if you want something that is going to assist you, but you know isn't going to potentially put you in harm's way then go and check out Poisoner's Apothecary mm-hmm. Kobe will be able to direct you to some things and and he he makes some great jewelry well no he, you just said he um. they, they, they Kobe makes really awesome sorry. stuff sorry and um, I've again I and many other people I've known have never had any adverse reactions to any of the things that he's made mm-hmm. yeah so were you paid for that plug? No. I'm just kidding. I'm teasing you. Um, all right. Is there anything else that we would like to discuss on the topic of shape-shifting? Just be careful. Make sure when you're doing it the first go-round, um, particularly if you're going to use entheogenic herbs, make sure you have a babysitter. Yeah, I, I find that when you're doing this practice initially, I, whether you're using entheogenic herbs or not, it's it's always a good idea yeah. to have a babysitter. You want to have a babysitter, um, and you want to have a fail-safe of being able to be brought back yeah. pretty quickly. You're well, not going to get lost, but yeah. that but that be able that 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 fail-safe of like I'm coming back is 
just that's just a safety yeah. measure. Well, and do what you can. I mean, as far as like practical things, I, again, I want to say like like do something to kind of create a safe physical space yes. around yourself when you're doing this work, right? Like I'm going to say right now, though, it might make sense to to go out and and try to do this work in the middle of a dark forest somewhere. Yeah, you really probably until you until you're really experienced with something like this, you really don't want to do that to yourself. That's that's going to be a terrifying experience. Um, so in the safety of your own home, somewhere you feel comfortable do just that take some time create like maybe clear some space in, in a room you know where sit in the middle of the room and you know and actually just kind of allow yourself to get into this um hide sharp or, objects yes well, yeah well stay hydrated make sure that you don't um you know like dim the lights make sure the room is a comfortable temperature you don't want anything to potentially create any kind of physical discomfort because it'll pull you out of the experience to begin with exactly um and yeah, and you'll want to make sure you have something I think on hand when you return. Um, I would recommend keeping a notebook handy so that you can document your experience. Um, again, and some salty treats. Um, yes, yeah, some salt to help you firmly kind of like, again, anchor yourself back in your body. Um, and when you do come back from an experience like this, really any kind of like experience like this, pathworkings, whatever they may be, um, do do take a few moments and actually really make sure that you're, you know, that you're connecting to your physical body again. You know, you know stamp your feet, get up, stretch, you know, yawn and take some deep breaths, whatever it is you do that helps you connect to your physical body, but do those things. Um, it'll help. It'll help. It'll help you avoid burnout. And, uh, yeah, it, it just, in general, it's just good practice. Um, beyond that, I would say sit and as you're preparing, um, pick your, pick your animal spirit. And, and though we often know animal spirits have uh, associations and meanings and interpretations, you know, culturally mm -hmm. based on tradition and practice, rather than falling back on those things, I really, I would probably recommend, or I would suggest that you pick an animal that you, you know nothing about. Yeah. Well, well, there you go. Like, yeah, like, like go with an animal that you don't have any preconceived notions on, um, one that you're, you're comfortable with, but, uh, but also one that you can still feel more of a personal connection to. Right. You know, and do a little bit of research, you know, as silly as it might sound, you know, in, in looking at trying to do this, um, if you've whatever animal you've chosen, get online and actually like Google some images so you have a very clear idea of what the animal looks like, the way that its body is shaped. Um, if you can get into YouTube, maybe try to watch some videos, pay attention to how, how does this animal move, right? How does this animal's body move when it runs? You know, how does this animal's body move when it climbs? You know, whatever it may be, right? Um, you know, and then, you know, and keep these things in mind because these associations will be the things that will really help get you there. Um, I'm sitting here trying to think, like, if we should do a... you think we should ever do a class on this? you think we'd have... Well, I was just going to say, I'm sure we would have interest, but I don't know. I think we'd have interest. Yes. Let's... That, yeah, we'll we we'll, talk, we'll about talk about that later. Yeah, I'm just wondering as we're talking about this more and more, and I'm kind of thinking like this is something that people would probably really or could really potentially benefit from. Yes. Um, anyway, all right. Well, what else would we, would we like to talk about tonight? I'm drawing a blank. You just had one a minute ago. I wanted to talk about planetary correspondences okay you know the reason that i wanted to go uh, go there or talk about this is because we're uh we're coming out of another mercury retrograde um and as is always the case when we find ourselves in the midst of a mercury retrograde we always see the the fear and the panic fear and panic um and you know and we know that that's really that's that's silly right you know mm -hmm. these retrogrades whether it be mercury venus god whatever else it may be whichever planet it might, might be you never need to fear the retrograde um 
but in talking about that, I was thinking like, okay, um, you know, how, 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 how can we consciously work with these planetary influences in our spiritual practice? Right. And so I was thinking about that. So what, what would you say? And, and of course, again, bearing in mind that different traditions and cultures will have different ideas about these things, but in general, mm-hmm. right. What would you, what would you use the moon's energy for Austin? I would utilize the moon's energy for any work on the astral realm, psychic practice and development, um, anything to do with the dead. Okay, why the dead? Um, (coughs) Mainly because the moon pulls, right? We know that on a physical level, the moon pulls. Okay, yeah. Pulls times. Yeah, Yeah, you've got that gravity. And so because of that... um, I always feel a heavier influence specifically around the full moon, um, not influence, but like ampage mm-hmm. of spiritual activity during the full moons. Okay. And so during the full moon would be a great time to hold a seance. I think communication would be much more clear, much more concise. Um, and you'd probably get a little bit quicker to the draw on top of that. Um, Wait, okay. I'm sorry. You would do that on a full moon? Yes. You wouldn't do the, use the dark moon for spirit communication? I mean, I would use a dark moon as well. Um, okay. I'm not arguing with you. I'm just, I'm genuinely, I'm just, I'm asking a question. I would use, I would use the, the dark moon for spirit communication around the dead dead. I would hmm. use the full moon for spirit communication around, like, the gods or okay. ancestors or something like that. Okay, I get you. Okay, other other kinds of spiritual mm-hmm. connections. Okay, all right. Okay, um, and I realize the moon is on a planet. I understand that, yes. but but in the purpose of our magic, we, we very often we we work with the moon. Yes, as I would if it not use the moon to cleanse. Um, no, yeah, I, I wouldn't use the moon to cleanse either. And I I've never quite understood that association with cleansing by moonlight. I just I don't know. I and again, I know it's a component or it's inherent in some tra- traditions. And I'm not saying no bad, don't do this. But yeah, but I I'm trying to think of some of the more generalized kinds of thoughts and ideas around this and I'm thinking like there are, are other influences or other things that would be so much better for cleansing it's not that the moon I guess couldn't be utilized for that but why go to the fourth option on the shelf when the one right in front of you is really probably going to do a better job I guess is kind of the idea all I'm going to say is that the full moon cleansed all you would have to do to get rid of nasties in a house is open up the doors and the windows, make sure some moonlight got in there, and say, moonlight, get rid of these things. And that's not how it works. Most of the time around full moon, paranormal activity amps. Paranormal activity happens during the day too, but during the full moon, at night, it's a little bit more amped up. Okay, that's all you can say now, because you, you preface that with all I can say, or all I'm going to say. So Austin is done talking on this episode. Um, what about the... What about the sun? I mean, the sun is is the sun is kind of the influence, right? I mean, we we orbit the sun. It's it's kind of like the the focus of our little solar system here, right? You know, and we realize, of course, it's not the only sun in the galaxy, right? There are many suns, but um, but what kind of correspondences do we see with the sun? I know I did. I told you you couldn't talk anymore because you said you were that was all you were going to say. But so the sun. So I, I find the sun to actually be really a good one for um, situations where you kind of need to like like you need to kind of rise above 
things, right? The sun is very good for like overcoming, mm-hmm. right? Whether that be like in a comp- competitive kind of a situation, or maybe just being the kind of in a situation to kind of help you move, a, maybe maybe to get over yourself a little bit even, right? Because very often we are our own worst enemies, right? Um, I know the sun has like really strong associations to, of course, to like like process like awakening, realization, the light on the path, right? That kind of a thing, right? Um, what else would you what else would you use the sun for? And again, we're talking specifically for like ritual and spell work here. Banishment. Banishment? Okay. Why? Because of that strong light influence? The strong light and the strong um the fact that it's a big ball of fire. Okay. It will consume yeah. and just absolutely disintegrate yeah. anything, you okay. know. Um it's good for courage, it's good for um healing, honestly. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Depending on the type of healing. Um, if you're if you're trying to remove a lot of things from someone, mm-hmm. then full moon would be best because again moon pulls. Um, but then during the sun, because it's so projective, it would be really good to help kind of re reinvigorate someone who might be uh, lackadaisical, lethargic, or maybe suffering from a case of depression. Okay, what about what about using the sunner for uh, say fertility? Yes. Okay. But I, I mean that in every sense of the word. Yeah. Like, I, I had this conversation Fertility, with someone that came into growth. the shop today who was needing a little bit of help with, with a pregnancy uh, or or basically getting pregnant, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and we had a kind of a little little talk about some work she could do for herself. And yeah, and, and the sun kind of came up as a, as a correspondence. So, okay. All right. Um, let's see, what else could the sun be used for? I mean that that's quite a bit actually you know that that's 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 quite a lot you know what about uh oh venus venus is is a lot of people's favorites right well venus uh taurus is now in venus right now um which means taurus is home um Mm -hmm. we actually have a lot of signs returning to like their home places their home base right now um we have taurus returning to venus we have wait i think i think venus is in taurus now i think that's yeah, the right way to yes, say it. Yes, that. Yeah. Venus is in Taurus. Lots of shit's in Taurus. Like, Hecate is in Taurus right now, too. I was having that interaction with someone a couple of days ago. The asteroid Hecate hmm. is also in Taurus for the next several months, I think, actually. Doesn't that asteroid cover past lives? Um, Call top of the up. It's, I need it's to know. Gonna, It's going to kind of depend on the interpretation. Really, Hecate, actually, I believe, if I recall correctly, Hecate has more to do, as an asteroid, Hecate has more to do with the way that you build your future or the way that you build yourself or continue to build your identity based upon where you've been. So it can have associations to past lives, but it's not about past lives. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, we also have... Um, Mars is in Aries. Well, we didn't really talk about Venus yet. So, wh- uh, well, what I'm would just you saying utilize? Things are coming to home, coming home, and so right oh, now gotcha. okay. would be a prime time by utilizing the influence of Taurus and Venus mm-hmm. for like comfort. Mm-hmm. Venus, uh, Tauruses are creatures of comfort. They want the big fluffy pillows, and they want the six course meal. Yes, they're they're very they're very grounded in their bodies. Yes, usually. And when I say grounded, I don't mean that they're grounded necessarily, but I mean that by the nature by nature they tend to be very physical, physical, very, and they're very they can be very sensual and very tactile. And you're absolutely right. They want comfort. They want, you know, they want the the luxury. I guess you know they want that. Right. They want to have that. So um, we could utilize that energy for that. You know, if you're in the midst of trying to like 
Find the perfect house or home for yourself. Then harnessing Venus mm-hmm. and Taurus would be really great. Yeah. But just Venus in general, Venus is really good for beauty, sensuality, sexuality, um, sovereignty, like your own truth. Uh, Venus is also very good for glamour magics, glamour workings. Yeah. Um, oh God, Venus can be used for a whole lot of stuff. Yeah, Venus. Because we usually think yeah. Venus, and we go straight to like, oh, Aphrodite. When Venus was originally associated with uh, uh, deities and spirits like uh, Tinea or Lucifer, um, and this this idea of like light and illumination, mm-hmm. gnosis. Yeah. You know, and we see that with Venus as well. Yeah. Well, in some of the stories, Venus actually is credited as being the goddess that created the Roman civilization. Mm-hmm. Like she, she, Venus as as a goddess within that area of the world, really did. She she did a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, um, she was also sometimes depicted as holding a coffin and a spear. Yeah. Because she was also considered a goddess of death. Because mm-hmm. how many times are wars fought over women? Yeah, that's true. Over over yeah. love, right? Yeah. So okay, so you mentioned Mars a moment ago. War, war, attack, aggression. Okay, okay, and maybe in a negative sense, right? But mm-hmm. how how can we constructively work with the energy of Mars, right? Boost up those wards, those protections. Yeah. You know, get get your get those wards boosted up. Um, the Mel is uh, the Mel Mars is really good for um, like Mel virility mm. in, in particular. So if things have been a little lackadaisical in the bedroom um, between your man and you then you could utilize the um uh the energies of mars and venus with each other yeah to help amplify those things yeah. or if it were like a homosexual male couple then you could utilize um you could utilize mars yeah just well yeah you just, you just need the one in you know same with venus yeah. and, 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 and i and i would i could see the benefit of utilizing mars for workings around sex but i don't know that i would utilize mars for love no no. Um, what about other things? So, like, I've I've always known that Mars is a, a really effective energy for like uh, for well, for, like for winning, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I say that, I don't mean that you're you know like you're in competition necessarily, but maybe in some sense you are. Mm-hmm. You know, like you need a little bit of help. You know, being the one that gets chosen for that job, yep. right, or showing up in the best way for your job interview, mm-hmm. right? Mars Mars could be a potential could, could be a good ally, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. So there are lots of, of of ways to utilize Mars. I think in constructive. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Or, or, you know, I mean, strategy. Yeah, yeah. Strategy. You know, you're you're trying to figure out how to get something done, utilizing the energy of Mars, um, probably along the lines with the energies of Virgo as well. Um, um, to get something organized and strategized would be really, really good. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Mercury. Communication. Okay. Business. Commerce. Um, I, I feel like you're quizzing me. Speed. I'm not really quizzing you. I'm just giving you an opportunity to speak. Um, because I talk so much on this podcast, you never ever get a word in edgewise. Except for, um, so Mercury, like I, I actually, I like to use Mercury and absolutely, I totally agree with you. Like communication, uh, commerce, business, not necessarily money, Mm -hmm. but the things that happen to make money. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, politics, not that we're necessarily involved in politics, so we don't know who's, depending on who's listening, maybe you work in politics. Um, you know, any kind of law, 
mm-hmm. right? I think would be of benefit. But I think Mercury would be just one influence for something like law oh, yeah. or legality because Jupiter would also hold influence yeah. there. But I, uh, I think more often than not over the years as I've worked with Mercury, I actually go, go back to Mercury for speed. Like I fall back on Mercury when I need things to happen more quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Mercury is very good for that kind of movement, yeah. I find. Yeah. So, do you think of anything else? Um, road opening. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Removing blockages. Okay. If there's, yeah. if there seems to be some door kind of. And, and kind of more of a diplomatic kind of a way, yeah. though, right? Because you could use way. Mars to, for road opening, right? But then it's going to be an angry like I'm just crashing just the gates. It's going to be explosive. Yeah. Um, but usually you would utilize the energies of Mercury for that. Uh, simply because knowing the stories of Hermes mm-hmm. um, and other gods associated with Mercury, like um, Mercury, like Mercury, um, that they, that god, other than Hecate, was the only god who could move between the worlds quickly, fastly, and efficiently. Hermes, yeah, because he had those cool boots with like the little wings on. Yes, them. and his caduceus. I, I want them. I want. I want wing shoes. I was just thinking about that. So in the Greco-Roman pantheon, Hermes is depicted wearing sandals with wings. And then in the Nordic pantheon, Thor is depicted wearing a helmet with wings. What if you had both the sandals of Hermes and the helmet of Thor? You had all those wings working. And the torches of Hecate. You could probably break like the light barrier, I'm assuming. Anyway, um, Jupiter. What do we think about Jupiter? I love Jupiter. For, again, I just mentioned Jupiter can be very good for law. Um, I think Jupiter originally was, was in a lot of cultures, Jupiter would have been depicted or was seen as kind of like, Jupiter was the original king mm. kind of energy, right? So very, I think, uh, paternal, you know? Um, and I, and I want to say paternal, not patriarchal, because mm. patriarchy is bullshit, but a, a positive manifestation of paternal, like, male energy Jupiter kind of has that vibe, right? He was, you know, he was kind of like the I'm the dad that'll kind of watch over things for you, yeah. right? Um, you know, so we see, and we see like law and kind of that that um, uh, application of order and structure that we often see with kind of maybe like someone like a like a paternal or or a maternal figure, but you know, but in Jupiter's case, you know, we see that male energy, yeah. right? Um, you know, we see um, again. Um, Oh God! What would it be? It would would not be um, like administration, right? Again, yeah. something comparable, perhaps to, to Mercury, but Jupiter would be kind of more of the um, less about getting things done, and I think really probably more about like actual like like again, kind of the foundation of things. Um, Mer- uh, Jupiter is also very good for luck, though. Jupiter has such a lucky energy. Also, just all around power. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and domination. That's true. Again, because yeah, you can because you have that like I'm like I'm kind of I'm the king, I'm the boss kind of yeah. energy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I want to be really clear. You know, we talk about these things, and as I'm sure people have noticed, as we're talking about you know planets like Mars, Venus, you know Jupiter, we're we're of course we're applying these these very like uh, binary masculine feminine kinds of personalities and traits to these planets but we understand that those are qualities that are inherent in everyone right every one of us is both masculine and feminine you know and and these energies as well so as we talk about jupiter being kind of like the paternal king that doesn't in any way does that not mean that women are not able to work just as effectively with that jupiterian Mm -hmm. energy right so yeah so don't don't get caught up on those things um or misunderstand that um my favorite Saturn! Yeah. I love Saturn energy so much. 
a lot of people have such a huge fear around Saturn energy. Actually, more people have fear around Mercury retrograde. What you need to be worried about, what you need to be fucking worried about is your Saturn return. That shit will fuck you up if you're not doing your shit, if you're not doing your work. Yeah, um, very true. Fortunately, that only happens like every 28-ish years. 28 to rather than Rather than like every three months. Yeah. Um, so, I love Saturn. And the reason I love Saturn is... There's so much that goes on there. You can utilize Saturn for binds. You can utilize Saturn for Saturn for protection. You can use Saturn for like really aggressive healing work. Cut the fucking tumor out. That's true. Rip it out by the fucking yeah. root. I find Saturn to be very good for ending. Yes, um, Saturn is also really good for illuminating the truth, yeah. bringing the truth. I'm up. thinking about that. I just said Saturn is very good for bringing things to an end, but I also know that Saturn, you mentioned Saturn is a very effective for binds. Um, I, I think it would probably be fair to say Saturn is really kind of just in general a good influence for controlling movement and evolution of things, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can utilize Saturn. Like I did this just recently. I used a square of Saturn as a component of a spell that I did. What did I use that for? Oh, it was a working that I did on that's I'm not gonna go into the details anyway. It was it was working that I utilized on the issue that we're having right now with gun violence in the US. Uh, but utilizing a square of Saturn is a component of that working because the square of Saturn is a very effective tool to use to just stop things. Mm -hmm. Like this is going to stop. Right? Um and anyway, but but as we were just saying, you can also use Saturn to facilitate an end, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. All right. What else? Anything else? On Saturn, I should say. Saturn is good for... Saturn's good for shadow. Huh? Uh, the energy of Saturn has the capability of bringing up that shadowy darker side, those murky, muddy waters that you don't really want to get to, but you can see at the bottom there's a glinting jewel. Okay. Um, and if you're willing to tra traverse those waters, if you're willing to step in there, you will find that you will be able to end things very effectively um, without... You know, you might get a little bit dirty, but what's life without getting a little dirty, right? I don't like being dirty. Well, sucks to be you, I guess. You mean? Okay. So it's it's very potent for those things. So those are kind of the big ones. When we look at like Hellenistic mm -hmm. kinds of kinds of ideas, you know, not that not that it's not all just about Hellenism, but you know, but if we look at astrology, yeah. contemporary astrology, so much of that has been so heavily influenced by Hellenistic belief, and those planets, the ones that we just listed, are primarily these are these are yeah kind of the basis of Hellenistic astrology. You know, but we understand now as science has progressed and we're, we've been able to build bigger and better telescopes, we understand that, oh, there are lots of other things beyond Saturn. Yeah. So you want to go into some of those? We have Pluto, you know. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't. For some reason, people got rid of Pluto, and I don't understand why. Yeah, Pluto still, I think, I think I think they decided that once again they were going to categorize Pluto as a planet. But yeah, for a while there, everybody was like, we don't know what the hell to do with Pluto. Well, Pluto, strangely enough, is really good for money. Yeah? Do you want to explain how? Well, Pluto, or Hades, is the king of the underworld. Mm-hmm. Everyone dies. 
Okay. Everyone dies. And so money comes from the earth and the underworld's under the Okay, earth. I'm hearing you say this and you're I'm connecting the dots here and I'm thinking like, okay, this to me sounds like one of those those and, and sometimes these do happen, right? These these accidental castings, these accidental workings for money where you like I need you know, I need a, I need an inheritance. And then, you know, you find out a week later that, you know, like your great aunt who whatever that you absolutely adored. Yes, she died and she left you money in her will. Like that's kind of the connection I'm getting with Pluto and money. I mean, I guess, but well, that's not good, though. But not really, because Hades had wealth. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was one of the three big gods in that pantheon. Yeah. I mean, they all they all had wealth. Yeah. Zeus was greedy as shit. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Zeus. You know, Poseidon. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of him either. Exactly. And Hades, Pluto. Not a big fan of him either. God, how can I explain it? There's a lot of influence that he has around money simply for the fact that everyone dies. Are you saying he's robbing these bodies? Is he taking people's money after they're dead? Hades, I mean, think about it. You? Think about all the coins on the eyes. Because they're given to Sharon. Those. Yeah, Sharon gets They're to given to those. Sharon, except for Sharon. I love, how you say Sh- I love how you say Sharon. I'm like, just like, I just picture like some like Middle Eastern woman in like, or, or uh, Midwestern, excuse me, Midwestern woman like with her poodle sweater, like named Sharon. Like pulling on up with like a little boat <laughs> on the river sticks. You know, she's got like her blowout. You know, and she and she she's wearing well. Like some, hi there, darling. Like, How are you? Well, no, she's not southern. I guess oh. she's from the Midwest, so like Wisconsin. Oh, well, hello there, don't you know? Exactly. It seems that you have died now. Let's get those coins off. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and oh she's going to take your. So great. She's going to take your silver coins. Let's get in the vault and let's see where we're going to go. Oh, oh! Looks like you did not make it to the Elysian Fields now, there, don't you know? Okay, However, you're, you're switching your doing... accent here. You're clicking away from. You're moving in and out from like Midwestern to uh, I think a little bit of Irish in there, and then back to. That's okay. Anyway, um, I just thought that was funny. Like you're like like, like Sharon. I'm not. Inter- I'm not entirely sure that's. Ex- I don't know that that's exactly how that name is pronounced, but that's okay. It doesn't it's matter. Sharon. Is it pronounced Sharon? Just like that? Just like Sharon? Sharon. It's not like, like Sh- Sharon or. Karen, 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 Karen. I don't think it's. I don't, I don't know. It's a K, isn't it? It's no. a K. Karen was, or Chiron was the, um, uh, the centaur. Yeah. Anyway, um, okay. If you can't tell, Mike and I are both very tired. We're tired and we're being a little. Stupid. We're a little. We're a little. Um, drunk. Anyway, kind of okay. So drunk. I think I think Pluto is actually I think just in general kind of just good for like like power. Yes. Shadow work for sure. Kind of a similar that similar Saturnine kind of an mm-hmm. energy. What about like Neptune? Neptune is one that's always I think a little bit of a mystery for people, and I don't really know. At least consistently, I don't know too many practitioners who would bring Neptune into alignment with their workings. But how would you work with Neptune? I would work with Neptune to freeze things. Freeze things. Yeah. So again, like in the context of a binding. Yes, but okay. not. But not just. Like, brutally. Like, everything oh. stops and is just frozen around you, and everything is shattered. Okay. Um, but, on a more positive note, I would utilize I, w- I would utilize Neptune um, for gaining insight and knowledge into things that we do not know. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, not necessarily divination, but kind of.
kind of divination. Okay. Very, very much like um, scrying. Yeah, scrying. Exactly. Yeah. Or I think I think kind of like the idea of like um, very deep reflective work, right? Yes. Not necessarily something that we would associate with shadow work because it's not really about us so mm-hmm. much, but our ability or to gain knowledge in to... unseen realms. Exactly. There you go. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. All right. How about Uranus? Uranus? I thought you were going to say Uranus, and I was about to say, let's not talk about my anus. Thank you. Um, Uranus. Um, Uranus is, is again, um, kind of like, I think, a bit confusing for some people. I'm thinking in the past, in moments where I've, I've used Uranus, and, and I've talked with other people who worked with Uranus, and I, my understanding and uh, the power there is is... I don't know why I'm drawing. I'm struggling to pull a word out, and I don't know why. Um, so Uranus, I, I find Uranus is, is, is benefic. What? Uranus is benefic. Are you saying benefic? Benefic, like beneficum. Okay. Well, that's that's a good thing though. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. I, I, okay. Sorry. I was I was struggling to understand where you were going with that. I don't think that any, none of these planets are necessarily good or bad, right? They're all really neutral in in the sense that it has a lot to do with how we work with them, right? But but Uranus specifically, I think, has a lot to do with, um, I think, connection to other powers. That's one of the things that I've seen associated. You know, we think of mm-hmm. we hear about talk about things like uh, Urania, even Hecate. Uh, Hecate has, there's an epithet, Hecate Urania, mm-hmm. right? Which is, you know, kind of like the unknown voice in the dark or, you know, and it's not like a scary kind of a thing. It's not like a monster waiting to get you. It's kind of like the, I'm here in case you need me, mm-hmm. right? Kind of a thing, right? So, but being able to connect to things that, again, that are kind of unseen, but things that are outside of us, unknowns outside of us rather than unknowns maybe within us that we yeah. saw with Neptune, right? So I think Uranus can be very impactful for, uh, being able to uh, decipher unknown situations kind of around us, maybe things that don't necessarily involve us directly, but things are like, I kind of need to know what this is about, mm-hmm. right? Um, and being able to pull information from the ether, maybe that, I don't want to say the information that we shouldn't have necessarily, but, um, but you know, say we, maybe we want to get a little bit of a glimpse on something that's going on in uh, a, 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 like a, it was like an organization of people, right? Where we're like, where we know maybe this, these people are up to something shady, right? Like the NRA, right? And we want to, you know, kind of maybe glean a little bit of like, you know, I, I want to do a working against these these people or this situation. And I, I kind of maybe need to have a clearer idea of who I'm dealing with, mm-hmm. right? And Uranus is one of these influences that can kind of filter through or give us like this, this person's name or this, you know, and it's completely unknown right like we don't know where the origin of this comes from but but it's there yeah right so yeah i don't know have you worked with uranus no not really what's your connection with uranus austin i'm sitting on it yeah me too i mean i'm sitting on my anus i'm not sitting on uranus you're sitting on your go on we're broken we broke keep talking um i I've worked with Pluto, the Pluto, Pluto energies usually for cursing. Um, Pluto? We're talking about Uranus. Well, what, what I'm saying is like, like I've worked with a lot of these energies, but I've never really worked with Uranus. Yeah. It is a kind of more, a more obscure one, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it always just kind of gives me like, I'm just going to smother you and that's that. Yeah. I'm just going to kill you. And I'm like, okay. So. Nerd. Um, 
but I think I, I think the energies that I most work I, I work with more dominantly or predominantly um, in my craft are going to be uh, the sun, the moon, obviously, Mercury, as it is my ruling planet, and I'm probably a tie between Jupiter and Saturn. Like I, I'm pretty well dispersed between most of the planets when I work with them, but I also I try and time my spells and my workings accordingly mm -hmm. so that I can harness the best power. But also, I don't let the planets decide what I get to do. So, well, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. The whole course of our purpose of this conversation was not to like. You know, this is not saying, like, oh, these influences are always, you know, are all powerful, right? The whole purpose of this is basically to say, like, these are extra things you can do if you choose to, or extra correspondences that you can incorporate into your craft, you know, if you choose to, right? Um, but there, there's power in these things, right? I mean, even even ancient practitioners recognize there's power in these mm -hmm. things, right? So, yeah, so it can be it can be a good addition to practice. So, anyway. All right, well, thank you for indulging me. I wanted to discuss that a bit because of the Mercury retrograde situation. Um, or coming out of Mercury retrograde situation. So, anyway. Is there anything else you would like to discuss this evening? No. Okay. Alright. Nothing that's really working your nerve. What about something positive? Positive would be good. I've dealt with enough negativity this week. And even just today. Have you dealt with negativity? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have. Um, oh, I have that nonsense on social media. I, I don't know what it is. There's this there's this new way that people think about things, young people primarily. And I'm not trying to trash young people. You're lovely, and you keep the rest of us going and give us something to continue to, to live and work for. So I, I thank you for that. But I've noticed this uh, mindset in a lot of people now, particularly when exchanges happen on social media, where if you don't immediately agree with someone, it can't just be, a, oh, well, we just had a disagreement. It's got to be, well, now you're the enemy and I have to destroy you, you know, or people who are willingly looking for, like, like it doesn't matter what you said or, or what your intent was, I'm going to use this and I'm, 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 I'm choosing to pick a fight. Yeah. I'm choosing to pick a fight. And it's like, you're picking a fight with someone who's like in your corner. Like, why, why would you do this? You know? Um, and then, yeah. So I, yeah. So I've been dealing with that the last couple of days on social media and I'm not happy about it, you know? And when I say I'm not happy about it, it's not that I'm unhappy that it's happened necessarily. Um, but it, it saddens me situations like that because there are always better ways to handle those interactions, you know, but you can only do so much when you're dealing with someone who is willing to not only, make efforts to destroy you, but to lie on you mm -hmm. publicly, you know, on who you are and what you've said and done. Right. So anyway, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, but yes, yeah, but it's been a rough couple of days because yeah, that nonsense actually started yesterday. Huh? Yeah. I'm actually enjoying this book that I've been reading, uh, by Jason Miller. Oh. And those of you who listen to the podcast, I'm just going to tell you right now, if you're looking for some, just some good common sense, wanted to actually incorporate some, some good kind of structure and some good foundational information into your work, whether you identify as a witch, a sorcerer, whatever the hell you call yourself. I'm serious. I'm going to tell you right now, Jason Miller is, I think, really kind of bringing it. And he's, he's been around for a while. Mm -hmm. 
You know, the book I'm reading right now is not a new book. It's yeah. been out for a few years now. Well, a lot of people sleep on Jason Miller, and I think it's because he's not. Do they? Um, yeah, they 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 don't. He, I don't think Jason Miller is published through like, like any of the big ones. Well, right? let's see. Let's see. I've got his book right here. He's not published through Llewellyn. I don't let's think. Let's see. Um, no, new page. Oh God, I can't read. The font is so tiny. Oh God, Austin, I'm getting old. I can't read anymore. So there are some really good books by anything Jason Miller writes is really good. Consorting with Spirits, Protection or Reversal Magic is one of my favorites of Jason Miller's. Um, really good information there. Uh, the Sorcerer's Strit, uh, the Sorcerer's Secrets, uh, really really good. Elements of Spellcrafting, Financial Sorcery, The Art of Alchemy. Uh, Art Alchemy is not him. Sorry, I'm. I'm well, I'm and Jason, he he recently he was the one that offered um, like he did a full course online for Hecatean witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe just actually it might be happening now even I don't know um, and I you know and I talked to a few people and I while I was interested in that because I'm always curious to see how other people approach working with her I, I'm going to be the first to admit I couldn't afford the price tag it was yeah. a little, the court that course was definitely a little expensive um, yeah we'll just say it wasn't worth it to pay that price for me for what I, I thought would probably be information that a lot of it maybe that I already had yeah you know but but again it would have been very refreshing to see his different approach to things yeah um or, or different take on things but um yeah but i think i'm really enjoying this book though it's the elements of spellcrafting and I, it's been kind of nice i think um i've been reading this and, and for me this has kind of been like a good reminder i think it's always good for us to check in you know even if we're you know maybe a little further along in our, our practice you know um we need we need those reminders right we yeah. need to we need to we need to do that um we're always learning so i don't know is there anything you're just super digging right now? Um, I, I, no, I don't really okay. have that's much. Okay. I've been, I've been busy. Yeah. Um, uh, it's Pride Month. I love that I make... So I make the incense in the shop, for those of you who don't know. And the proceeds of my pride incense because I do two incense in the month of June. I do the seasonal incense um, that I usually have for like summer and then I do the pride incense. And the pride incense is really, really awesome. It's become such a hit. I had like 40 fucking packages ready to go today and I think I'm down to 20. Like It is just insane how, how much people love it. And people love even more that it's for trans people of color. You know, I... That was one of the places we like. Well, that's where we donated last year. Last yeah. year we we had, fortunately we had, um, between what the store kicked in mm-hmm. because we we kind of we we didn't we weren't able to quite match the donation, but we we added like an extra couple hundred, yeah. um, and then with the um, well we had also the, like a raffle going on. Last oh exactly. year. yeah, we did a lot of shit. Yeah, with all that going on, we we had like a good chunk of money, and so we actually decided to kind of. St- share that a little bit or spread that around a little bit so we donated I think the majority of it again to the trans women mm-hmm. of color uh, oh my god I just blinked on the that's not the full name of that organization anyway it doesn't matter um, anyway, and then I do, do believe we did end up giving some to the I think the Trevor Project yeah yeah. so anyway but yeah so those of you who listen to the podcast we're not trying please don't I, I think in, in, in doing this and I want to be really clear and hopefully I'm not you know hopefully, I think that Austin was going here but I just want to make clear 
in bringing that up, you know, I, I don't want anybody to think that like, we're like, oh, look at us, we're doing wonderful things. Really what this is, is this is a come in and buy incense this month because particularly the pride incense, because we're going to be donating that money to very worthwhile charities and people well, who really need well, help. Well, well, no, really what it is, is there are people who, I had a person do this today where they're like, I don't, li- I live in a house that I, where I can't burn incense, but um, I will purchase a package of it and I will give it to someone who I care about yeah. who does burn incense. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm loving that the minute people hear that it's for a good cause, whether they're an incense person or not, they're like, yes. So it's kind of putting a little bit of a spark back into my little dark. It's, it's, it's right. Yeah. It kind of, it kind of helps those moments where you just, you get super cynical, right? Yeah. And you're like, the world is shit and people are shit. And then, you know, and then someone comes in and they're like, I'm going to buy an extra pack of this because I want to donate even more to what you're doing. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, there's still some good out there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, so I get that. So. Cool. But th- that's really that. I'm seeing a lot of really cool, cool things there. And, um, I mean, I'm excited for a lot of the new books that are going to be coming out. I'm always excited for the new books. But other than that, it's, it's just been a long week and I'm ready. I'm ready to like try and get some sort of rest. Yeah. All right. Well, I got nothing else. Shall we call it? Should we call this an episode? Yeah. Thanks okay. for listening to another witchy ramblings. Yeah, we will be back next week. We should be back on time next week on Thursday, um, with with our, our recording. And um, yeah, as of right now, I, I'm I'm not sure what we're talking about. We should probably figure that out. Maybe we'll have a guest. Uh, maybe we should try to coordinate that. Actually, it's been a few weeks since we had a guest on. Um, two, three weeks. Since we had a guest on, oh God, it's been a minute. It's 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 hard. It's well, hard so we had, so we had Joey on, and then we have Mystic Mystic Malachi. Yeah, on. it's yeah. hard to have guests on because a lot of our guests that we would love to have on are in different time zones, and yeah. so trying to coordinate that time is really difficult. Yeah, because because they're going to be like three hours ahead or three hours behind, or you know what have you, and it's just yeah. like, okay, who wants to stay up late, or who wants to do it early? Well, and they're usually when we reach out, they're they're almost always willing to. Yeah get up yeah. earlier stay up late which we we certainly and we make accommodations too right yeah. we'll, we'll switch our time to record for them too so anyway yeah we'll have to think about that though it would be cool in the next couple of days maybe we can see if we can get get someone cool on i think i talked to lauren recently and i think lauren said she would be down to chat with us again. Ugh, i love lauren yeah, lauren so is yeah lauren is just amazing You're so smart so, all right okay, okay. Well, i'm i'm gonna done i'm done i'm done gabbing so thank you everybody for listening happy pride and stay witchy and hydrated hydrate during pride yes hydrate yes it's very sunny and hot <laughs>